This is the Wealth Standard Podcast, the gold standard in all things financial. Hey everyone, this is Patrick Donahoe. Welcome to the Wealth Standard Radio. This is episode 182 and uh, 181? No, 182. 182. Okay, that was good. We practiced. We, we rehearsed. We did like three times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna, well, I think we're going to... I think we're going to deviate. Now we're not going to deviate. We're going to talk about Trump again. How about that? Well, there's there's so much there's so much on. there's so much to talk about. It's it's hard not to talk about Trump, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it would be it would be great to talk about something other than Trump, but the guy's just been a tornado over the past couple of weeks. For sure. And yeah. every every it seems like every day he's doing something that's greatly affecting every man, woman, and child on the planet. It is, both and positively it's, and negatively, and it's fascinating. It, it 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 you look at you know the power that he now has and he's totally leveraging it right i mean he nothing's really going through proper channels it's all like executive order executive order executive order so you know Which you we had can, a problem with in the oh by the way this is a this is a ceo patrick donahoe right over here did we say names i don't think we even no, said we names. But everyone so knows excited. who you are of course they you're do. more you're way more popular so not chunga chunga that's, seriously, I was at I was at the, that event a couple weekends ago, and I was like, "Who's that Chunga guy? I like him. Is he really big?" Yeah, because they watch on the thing. Yeah. Well, they. I think maybe one of the first episodes. I was like, "Dude, you're like a, you're like a big guy. I'm, I'm a big guy. You're a big guy. Yeah. So that's and where everyone should go to YouTube and check out the videos. Please do. We would love that and subscribe, and then hit that little bell there so that you get a notification every time Pat and I work our magic here on the Well Standard Podcast. Do you know magic? Uh, I don't, but we're actually going to talk a little bit of magic we're talk, today. We're going to talk some sleight of hand. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on. And uh, and so anyway, okay, so back to Trump. Now, uh, I did a little bit of searching today, Pat, when we were figuring out what we were going to talk about for episode 182. And the most commonly searched and trending topics right now on the internet as of this recording, uh, and it's weird because it's not getting a whole lot of... Um, uh, currently, because I think there are just bigger stories, but it's not getting a lot of news play, mm-hmm. is the 20% border tax and the border wall. Yep. Now, the wall is getting a lot of play, but not the border tax that goes along with it. Well, I think Trump, kind of, Trump's kind of set himself up to an extent. I mean, he made all sorts of promises in his uh, short-term plan that once he got into office, these are the things that would change. So he, right. he kind of boxed himself in to an extent. A and so now he's fulfilling a lot of the promises and if he doesn't fulfill them all it's going to be that one right that the media blows him up on right yeah so i think with with mexico you know he said that they're going to you know he's going to build a wall and they're going to pay and for they're it. going to pay for it now was yeah. that impulsive trump first off i don't think trump's impulsive i think he's very strategic and knowledgeable about what he's doing yeah uh, even though it may not seem that way on this on the surface, mm-hmm. uh, so looking at you know paying for paying for it, it's interesting how he's going about this whole whole ordeal. Uh, and you know, last week's podcast with uh, Jason Hartman, you know, right. we we talked uh, a little bit about how he kind of towed the line with you know the the president of Mexico right. on Twitter of all of all places, right, right? right? Circumventing all normal channels. Well, I guess the normal Think channel about for that, him. Though, a sitting pres two sitting presidents <laughs> on Twitter communicating on, on Twitter. Twitter. I know it's amazing. That's the craziest thing ever. Yeah. But anyway, it's kind of like he's he's instigating, right? He's yeah. he's kind of getting things disruptive uh and I, and I me personally, I think it's for uh the the end result that he wants, which is negotiation, which is either trade negotiation, redoing NAFTA. 
I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's more of like Trump, I think, is is always thinking two steps, three steps ahead. And we're always, you know, uh, we as in like society, the media, right? right? Right. We're always looking at, you know, the immediate result, right? What's going to happen as a result of that first decision? But with with Trump, it's kind of like it's the first domino, right, that he's pushing to hit some target, you know, of 10 feet away. No, that's true. No, that's actually that's. I mean, well, very see, well put. Well, you see those like YouTube videos where they like set up these like these these, these huge master domino thing where they hit a cue ball uh, and then it like you know goes and hits the the nine ball, then it goes and knocks down a bunch of cups, oh, yeah, the, then the it the knocks Rube down Goldberg dominoes, thing, and then, yeah. yeah. So it's one of those where it's like you know it's ten fifteen feet away. We don't know necessarily what that target is, right. but I think he's going to try to go after pretty much all of his promises and and hit them. But the way in which he's going about doing it is is really interesting. Not to say I'm agreeing with him, it's just right. more of like how I'm analyzing it and looking at what he's trying to do. Well, there's a real duality. I, I think in in both of us because on one on, on, in one hand I'm fascinated by this. Mm-hmm. You have a r- newly elected official who has gone through in a very short amount of time and is trying to keep every single one of his campaign promises insanely fast. Yep. When most politicians they get elected into office and those campaign promises kind of go by the wayside, nobody really pays attention mm-hmm. to them. So I think that's uh, I, on one hand I'm fascinated by that, but then there was the thing a couple of weeks ago where he just did the uh, you know the ban on immigration and from these certain countries mm-hmm. and and even though 300,000 people were still let in that were in the air at the time, 190 were kept out and it created, you know, all kinds of hell. Yeah. And uh and and I think that a lot of the stuff that he's doing, he knows exactly what it's going to do. Yeah. I, we called him a, a master of chaos a couple of weeks ago. He is. And now he's doing kind of a sleight of hand because he has, you know, thrown this 20% figure out, which is, you know, not uncommon. Right. Okay? But looking at doing it, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't make much sense to, to, to tax Mexico. Now, it's a way to pay for the wall. I get it. Well, they would do it in spades. If they did the twenty percent tax, it would be paid for. In fact, you could do ten percent, ten percent tax, mm-hmm. and still do it. Yeah, and but the end result of that doesn't make sense to me, right? Because right now, you know, the trade deficit's like you know fifty something billion billion dollars, right? Yes, uh, which means that we're exporting you know fifty eight or sixty billion dollars. I think uh, it's closer to 60, less than what we're right. importing, right? right? So essentially, on that, you know, all the tax that would come or all the uh, the uh, imports that would come in, there'd be a, there'd be a tax on that. So that's a huge, huge, I mean, that's billions and billions of dollars. Well, and that's well in excess of what we need to build a wall. And you're talking about every consumable, or consu- consumable, sorry, product. That would be everything from avocados and Corona beer yeah. to huge industrial, uh, manufacturing. Or those like really furry blankets. You yeah, know, those, yes. The well, Mexican I love furry those, blankets. by the way. Next those. time you go, you better bring me some of those. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to the point. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of different products that would all be taxed. And the fear is, and, and a lot of experts are saying this, that the, uh, the American consumer is actually going to pay for the wall. Exactly. And, that, and that's, and that's the point, right? Because if Mexico has to, you know, I mean, they're, they're exporting here because that's part of business. It's part of trade and they do that to stay in business and be profitable and pay workers. Yeah. So if you suddenly have this tax, then they're just going to, now it may not happen immediately, but they're just going to raise prices. So well, they have to, I yeah. mean, that's capitalism. Right? Exactly. And that's, and who, and who pays for those who pays for it? It's the Americans who consume the actual goods that we are importing, right? Well, so that's some people don't really understand. It's like, well, Mexico. I mean, yeah, they kind of pay for it, but they kind of don't because they just pass on that tax cost to us. Uh, it is a very uh, high end shell game, 
Well, without a doubt. But there, there's a couple of things that you want to consider here. I, I, I know a guy. That didn't sound right. I know a guy. I know a guy. Got a guy. New he's, a, uh, he's a great shrink. He's back east. His name's Dr. Keith Ablo. He was mm-hmm. on my show when I was doing radio mm-hmm. a lot. And he uh, recently, uh, talking recently, said that Trump knows exactly what he's doing. And there is absolutely no intention. He has no intention of charging a 20% tariff. Yeah. For products that are coming in from Mexico. That's, mm-hmm. it's all just a big bargaining chip. And what he's doing is he's creating a lot of chaos on one end while he's doing sleight of hand with the other to keep your attention off of what he's really trying to do. Yeah. And that's, so, and, that, and that's still out. That's the jury's still out on that. I mean, it, you look at what he's, what he's trying to do. I mean, he obviously has his short term, his short term plan, but I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm still skeptical that, uh, it's, it's going to, it's going to work. And not, not to say that if, you know, he had a clean slate, it would it would work, but he doesn't, right? He's carrying right. a lot of baggage. But it's still been it's just been fascinating to see, you know, the the most recent well the you know most recent one to the recording of this was, you know, his um uh his ex- executive order that they have to remove two, you know, uh oh two for one. Two two for one type regulation. of deal. regulation. Yeah, the two for one because the yeah. the value or the cost of each regulation is not to exceed zero dollars <laughs> was the exact wording. It's crazy. Um, but then lobbyist thing too, where you know there's kind of yeah. a, a five uh, a five year window where uh, those that are serving in his you know well everybody loves to hate lobbyists, his administration right? yeah but everybody the, loves to hate him but they they serve an essential purpose they do in, in the political structure and in in the function of government lobbyists are extremely valuable and I I don't I I mean I don't know there there's a lot of things where I just go yeah that's smoke and mirrors. He, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. The yep. lobbyist thing. Well, that's, you know, who yeah, knows? Because there's two sides of it, right? Because right. you can say, wow, there is this valuable part of it because lobbyists represent industry. and they. But at the same time, it's like when a lobbyist is hired, right, he's, he or she, I guess, is paid a, a lot of money to by these that, corporations that interest, to yeah. get them this specific break or this loophole or this earmark, right? Because all those earmarks are pretty much come from lobbyists, I right? Think, so, I think lobbyists, I, lobbyists to me are no different than the most high-end phony perfume sales when that goes door to door. They're super high pressure and you talk to them and their stinky product, whatever it is they're trying to, trying to push to you, they make seem like it's the most wonderful thing on earth. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where there's always two sides, right? There's always right. two sides. And sure. so even with the unions, we can go on that debate too, which, you well, know, unions, Trump's it's good to unite. over a lot of those unions too. Yeah, and we don't want to go off on a huge tangent here, but <laughs> you know, the, the idea is, is with what he's trying to accomplish, he's fighting a huge uphill battle, right? And, and looking at, you know, what he's trying to do with, uh, with Mexico, he, you know, he essentially wants to balance out trade. And he said, he said that, right? Right. And bring a lot of jobs back to the U.S. so that people right. have money in their pocket. Right. But at the same time, you look at how goods and services are priced today. Yeah. And they're priced based on being able to import, import at a certain cost, right? And that's built into the prices that we're paying on a daily basis mm-hmm. for things that include, uh, their imports, right? Well, and right and then now, the world's imports. And right now, one of the reasons that we're, the, that some of our products, iPhones, for example, cost what they cost is because the United States taxes their exports. They don't tax their imports. And and we're one of the only countries that doesn't do it. You have mm-hmm. 160 countries on record right now that charge a 20% tariff on everything mm-hmm. that comes into it. We, we, we referenced this earlier in the podcast, but 20% is not an unheard of number. Mm-hmm. 
And so it may sound like we're really, really down on the prospect of Trump doing this, but this is a, a very common practice around the globe. Uh, so if the United States were to start charging a tariff on imports, that's not all that uncommon, but it mm-hmm. would drive the prices up and yep. it would create a huge trade war because anything that we can do, Mexico can do. Yep. And that's where it gets a little dicey. It would be, you know, let's, we could, uh, you know, we could be sportscasters here and we could kind of read the tea leaves and say, well, okay, let's, let's assume that talks break down. Let's assume that these guys never meet and they can't work out a deal. And then you have this looming trade war on the horizon. And there's a lot of people, very smart people, much smarter than me. Probably not as smart as you, but definitely smarter than me that are saying, no, 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 a trade war has already begun. This thing, you're not going to be able to put the toothpaste back in the tube. This has already started and it's going to be pretty bad. Yep. But at the same time, I look at, I look at the potential for war and I, I agree, right? There's, there's a potential for it. Uh, and a lot of this is causing that, not just with Mexico, but the entire world. Right. Uh, just because of how much is trading hands between us and, and, and Mexico. And the relationship with China, for example, has really degraded too. Yeah. And, so. and that's where I look at, you know, what's, what's Trump thinking, right? What's his, what's his next step and the one after that? And, and I would say with him, he, I don't know if he is the kind of guy that leaves things, uh, open-ended, right? He, mm-hmm. he, he loves to negotiate. He loves deals. He loves to make trades, mm-hmm. right? That he's, said that over and over again in his books, uh, in the narrative of his political campaign. So with this, it's like, I, I think he knows exactly what he wants and he doesn't just have one way to get there. I think he's kind of going this route. He has multiple ways to get well, there. Well, that's what a lot of his people, as they're trying to walk back this 20% thing, they're saying, look, we have a buffet of options. That was the direct quote. We have a buffet of options. Mm-hmm. This is just one of them. But you sound to me like you're definitely in the camp of people that say uh, this 20% tax is never going to happen. It would be absolutely catastrophic for Mexico if, if that were if it were to happen. It would, and I think it would hurt America too. I mean, that, yeah. and the reason being is because again, it, prices will go up. Now, can you you know replace the the job that Mexico is doing to provide those those goods? Because uh, for them, it's like they're going to increase prices, and it may it may still be worth it for us to to do sure. that. Now, our prices are going to have to go up. But I think Trump's objective is to create more employment here in the United States. Mm-hmm. But with me, as we've talked about in, in a couple of previous podcasts, it's like, are those the type of jobs that are good for America? And I'm always going to argue no, because there's so much infrastructure mm-hmm. and, it, you know, there's lots of time that goes into it as well. And, and then when you by talk the, about those jobs, you're talking about labor intensive labor, more jobs? Labor, more labor intensive okay. jobs, right? Because those are, those are jobs really that, uh, there's a lot of competition, right? And these, whether it's China or India or, uh, or Mexico, they're mm-hmm. providing those, those labor, those labor type of jobs for less expense than it would be here in the United yeah. States. So if we did them by here. By a show of hands, by a show of hands around the room. I mean, seriously. How many times have you ever called a call center and you're actually surprised when you can understand the person on the other end of the phone? I, I called a call center the other day, and the guy was like, hey, this is Todd. How can I help you? And yeah. I was shocked Whoa, Todd. because I could understand the guy because yeah. everything's farmed out to under, other countries, right? And that's – and that's and not to say that I'm agreeing or disagreeing, and, and it's not the – it's the more the economics of it, right? It's right. like, okay, if you have a job here in the United States, it costs more because the cost of living is higher. Okay, yeah. You have minimum wages and well, so and that, forth. And that's, and that's not even talking about unions and regulations and everything else. No, and I would, I would say that you know really – individuals may have more once we bring jobs back and we you know do some infrastructure spending or whatever okay you're going to have more money in people's pockets but i think the unintended consequence of everything he's doing is that prices are going to go up so even if a person has you know 500 bucks extra in their pocket every month 
if they have five hundred dollars extra of expenses, it's not yeah. like they're any they're any well, and that's you know, really what kills the economy. Off. You you just keyed in right there. That's the thing that really kills the economy is fear of losing any sort of additional expendable income. Mm-hmm. You know, how much extra money am I going to have in my pocket? That's remember the gas. Remember how expensive gas was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. That's what really freaked people out. Yeah. Was oh, I'm going to have to pay an extra dollar for gas. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it played a major role in stagnating the economy. Yeah. So, and, he, and Trump did a lot of stuff too with, uh, with some of the, the pipeline, uh, right. You know, some of the pipeline right, initiatives that were started. North Dakota, yeah, pipeline. Yeah. So it's, he's doing a, he's doing a lot and it's, it's disruptive. And I think the, really the intention is to, you know, improve the sentiment of America in relation to, uh, you know, the money that they have, their productivity. Yeah. And, uh, I th- I think it's going to work, but okay. as I said, All what's right. going to what's going to uh, be the unintended consequence? What's going to uh, potentially see, count- counteract what he's going to be doing? In the last the last time you and I did a show together, you were saying, and you can go back and listen to it. I think it's episode one eighty. Once go back and listen to all of them. Um, <laughs> but but in in one of our previous episodes, you were very much on the fence. You said, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if he's going to be a good president or not. I, I, the verdict is very much out for me. Yeah. And it's more of what I, what I mean by it's going to work is more of is, is he going to create jobs? Is he, I think he's, I think he's going to, right? And I think if he gets his way with some of the, the tax proposals of mm-hmm. repatriating, uh, money that's held offshore by corporations, I mean, that's going to be a big injection. There's already been companies that have, you know, they've committed to building plants and creating jobs here and there. It's one of those things where I, I, it, I see that benefiting in the short term, but right. in the long term, is there too much damage where it won't, that that will come back to bite us, right? And I think yeah. that, you know, because if you start to reduce taxes, that's tax revenue. We're already spending half a trillion dollars more than we make as a, as a country. Right, so right. if you, if you reduce that kind yeah. of short-term revenue, that's even more. So that's just going to pile onto the $20 trillion that we already owe. So it's, it's one of these things. There's so many different moving parts yeah. that I'm not, I, I don't know what's going to happen if some of these things get instituted, uh, whether it's taxes or the issues with Mexico. But I think Trump, he's, he's a smart guy and he, he knows that. But at the same time, I just don't, I just don't see how uh, we're going to be able to dig out of the mess that we're in already. You don't see. Oh, okay. Now see, that's That actually sounds really, really ominous. Mm-hmm. You you don't think um, I guess what I so that I'm hearing you right you don't think that any of Trump's tactics are going to dig us out of out of the federal deficit that we have right now I yeah and it's and even with there's so many deficits right there's Yikes. so much, there's so much debt I mean you have the twenty trillion dollars but right. then you have a hundred trillion dollars of uh, of you know these unfunded liabilities, Medicare, Social yeah, Security. They, yeah, they call. But then you have, you know, you have the American public that carries, you know, almost twenty trillion dollars of debt. You have yeah. uh, student loan debt at one point five trillion. It's, yeah. it's kind of like we're all the whole. It seems like the whole country is like fighting this this uphill battle, right? right. And it, you know, is are these short term like you know five hour energy shots going to be enough to win the marathon right I, I see what you're saying so it's one of those it's one of those things it's a it's a it's a battle we're in a mess and is is some of his changes uh, enough and that's where i just i don't know it's going to be mm. I, I think the four, he has 4 years and maybe he gets reelected but i would say it's going to take a lot longer than 4 years to play out yeah 
is there enough time for that to happen? And I don't know. It, well, I'm of the opinion, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but we, you know, we keep referencing this chaos. I think he's intentionally creating all of this drama. I think it's very intentional. I think he's creating all of this blowback and all of these protests. I do think he's kind of sitting back, kind of like Hans Blofeld mm-hmm. in a Bond movie with a cat, kind of, you know, like, Mwah! because this is exactly what he's wanting. And the reason why is because you can't really get change piecemeal. Hmm. And it goes back to the disruption thing that you have been like banging your fist over and over about over the past couple of months. It is this disruption. You have to, uh, uh, you have to absolutely destroy everything to try and make it work the right way. And yeah. maybe, maybe that's what he's doing. I, maybe I try it's, to be maybe optimistic. that's part of, maybe that's part of it. I don't, cause in a sense, it's like we owe, you know, we owe the American public a, a lot of money because of some of, you know, the, the outstanding government debt, but we also owe a lot of money to outside economies, outside countries. Right. And maybe he's Tons. just like, maybe he's just like, you know, giving them the, the bird and be like, yeah, I'm going to default on all this. He's going to default on it all. And they're, yeah. and they're like, crap, we better go to the negotiation. What would happen? What yeah. would happen? Oh man, I wish we had a, a, uh, I don't know some somebody that that has government experience that could tell us what could happen. I mean, you're an economist; you would probably know what what happens if if the United States does default on all of this stuff. Well, it it's kind of like the permission slip for every other country to default on their debt, yeah. right? Because everybody is is in kind of a very similar state in regards to how their governments spend money and their right. taxes, and yeah, it would be. Man, it would be catastrophic, right? It, it would. I mean, it, there'd have to be a global, kind of a global negotiation and reset. You can't just have one country doing it, especially the United so States. So you take what happened with Lehman Brothers and AIG and and <sighs> Fannie Mae, and then you yeah, you, but they were ba- you know you take that mo- well, except for Lehman. But I mean, you have a lot of those institutions were you know and long term capital management before them. They were bailed out. I mean, they were. They were given, you know, yeah. essentially money uh, to, to solve they were their problems. Too big to fail, but if it's a country, who's going to give us? Who's going to give us money? Yeah, there's nobody. No, and so that's that's interesting. That interesting part where who's going to bail? Who's going to bail America out? China's not going to bail. Yeah. Out. So there's nobody to bail us out. And shells and and uh, candy and things like that. Yeah, there's, we should do another podcast. It was I was reading an article uh, that was you know talked about some of Obama's most difficult times, mm-hmm. uh, and it was when you know essentially they you know voted the government shut down. If you remember, I think it was like 2011 uh, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And he was, and that's when they wanted to de- deposit like the trillion dollar coin. Yeah, I remember do you remember that. that? I do remember that. Anyway, that's a that's a podcast was, for another day, which was hilarious. But it's one of those. That's that's the that is the you know the logic that governments are are using, which is a trillion. In my it, it, there's it's just it, there's so it's a very fragile system right now. Yeah, and I think Trump is just really he's playing his cards because I think America. The United States, we have we have a lot of different cards to play, yeah, and uh, some of which we know, and some we don't. I, I use this line, and it's it's really politically incorrect. So forgive me ahead of time for saying it, but I, I said on a on a uh, show that I was doing earlier in the week, uh, I said Trump in the Oval Office is kind of like a six year old with a handgun. You don't know how it's going to go, but you're pretty sure it's going to wind up in the papers. <laughs> I that's kind of how I'm looking at this. Yeah. I'm, I'm optimistic, but I'm kind of terrified at the same time. Yeah. Um, wouldn't it be weird though if everything he did worked? I mean, wouldn't that be crazy if he if he was had some sort of weird insight that all the economists, guys like you, all of the political uh, nerds, guys like me. Mm. 
didn't see? Well, this is what what's going to. I mean, it, the human race always goes on. I mean, we always solve our problems. We right. you know we're dig, adaptable. We, we are. I mean, we we yeah. dug our. You know, we've had wars and I mean, world wars. Uh, we've had civil wars, uh, revolutions. All I mean, we, but we. We move on, right? Yeah. We make stupid decisions yeah. and we learn sometimes and we move on. So it's kind of like, you know, looking at uh, what's going to solve this. I don't, th- it, it, could it be Trump? I don't, I, do, I don't see it. You don't see it being Trump. I think he's making efforts, right? Yeah. To, to do it. But at the same time, I think it's what's going to be, what's unseen that's mm-hmm. going to solve the problems, right? What doesn't currently exist. So that's kind of, it's kind of odd to say yeah, something like a, that. That's pretty meta. It's the unseen that we're not. Seeing. Yeah, and I know it's more of you know it's it's kind of like you know forty years ago, right? The internet. Who knew about the internet? Maybe Al right. Gore did, but that's, <laughs> a, on, that's, a, that's a Jason Hartman joke. <laughs> <laughs> he always jokes about Al Gore inventing the internet, but uh-huh. uh, but it's you know looking at you know the internet. Nobody knew what it was. It exists now. Everybody knows what it is. Right. Okay. Uh. Uh. An iPhone that didn't, you know, nobody knew what that was 40 years, changed 40 the world. years ago, but it's changed the world. Okay. Yeah. Facebook, same thing. So you have all these innovations that never existed, but yet now are staple words and mm-hmm. everybody knows about them and they've affected things. I, there's going to continue to be that type of innovation. So you're saying that innovation is out there somewhere and that's going to be kind of the linchpin that changes everything. Exactly. And that's, what's okay. going to be really interesting because in the end, I mean, I think the technology, well, I know the technology exists for uh, cheaper energy, cleaner energy, yeah. uh, transportation, uh, efficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, we can keep going down the list of yeah. food production, um, clothing production. I mean, th- there's the technology exists right now mm-hmm. uh, to drastically change the way in which we live. What's going to actually make its way to the marketplace? That's that's anybody's mm-hmm. guess. I'm open for robot maids, like on the Jetsons. That's what I'm really crossing my fingers. And that stuff. For. I mean, the innovation, right, is on. It's the trajectory leads to the Jetsons, right? Yeah. And but I would say, you know, it's it's those unseen things I think are going to help solve solve some of the problems because Trump. It's it's like Trump's, you know, waving his magic wand and you know we're going to do this and this and this. People and this. are pretty shocked though. But you have people in Silicon Valley. You have people that are around the world, right, these innovators mm-hmm. that are inventing things and coming up with, well, what if we try this and this and what if we try this, whether it's, you know, healthcare technology or, uh, you know, robotics. Or the MyPillow um, guy. The MyPillow guy or the or the squatty like potty. Or the squatty potty guy. guy. Yeah, exactly. We need to get that guy on, actually. <laughs> they're in Utah. If you they're don't in, know, in, okay. I think they're in Southern Utah. I think they are. If you haven't heard of the squatty potty, just go just go search it on YouTube. They, they have a great they have a great commercial. Good marketing. Yeah, I know. And we're just going to make them a lot more money. Yeah. Right. Well, well Howard yeah. Stern did. Yeah, he he was. Yeah. Anyway, just go yeah, check it out. Yeah. yeah. yeah so it's it's those. Those the the human mind right now is just going through some very just fascinating changes right. because we have access to so much information and you know we do use our, our you know technology for consumptive purposes and entertainment purposes but yeah. there are a lot of people that are just naturally wired to solve problems and to come up with ideas and come up with innovative things to you know to make changes here and make changes there yeah and so I the, so we don't know and it's hard to account for what doesn't exist right now. It's almost yeah. impossible to, but I guarantee that there are going to be things that uh, will effectively help society that right now is, I don't see a way, I just don't see a way out. Yeah. But, 
my vantage point how is what is, currently exists, your, not what doesn't exist. How common is your hypothesis on this? Are there a lot of other economists that are saying the same thing that you are? Or is the opinions as varied as... Um, because I don't know if there are... There's lots of like futurists and there are some... I mean, most economists, they're, they're very... They're empirically based and empirical data is what exists right now. It's right. not, it's hard to, you can't measure what doesn't exist. Sure. So you have this kind of anomaly variable that always throws things off course. And that's why uh-huh. I don't like kind of just traditional economics. I like, I like, I like following fu- uh, futurists, okay. right? And they're, they're the ones that, you know, I really think are seeing what's next and what's after what's after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know, I, I would say there's I, Peter Schiff. I, I like, like listening to him, but he's often, you know, he's a doomsdayer to, mm-hmm. to an extent, but futurist, is he like consi- he's a conspiracy theorist a little bit. No, I mean, I, maybe not. Con- no, I, I don't think go he's check con- him out. Yeah. Peter Schiff's an interesting guy. I would, I would say, you know, some of the futurists are just like, you know, Peter, Diam- Peter, uh, Diamandis is, Cool features, Elon, Elon Musk, oh, Jeff Bezos. Yeah, I mean, I those guys are obviously guy. the most, the most common ones, but sure. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, I, I don't like looking at the doomsday scenarios because it all, it's all based on, you know, what exists right now, not what doesn't exist. And yeah. that's why I think, you know, human, human nature is to continually innovate and invent. we're quick. Yeah. And we I think we're really fast. And it's compounding, right? We're quicker today than we were a year ago. Oh yeah. Right. Because of all the innovation Absolutely. and we're just getting quicker and quicker and quicker. So, you know, I would, I would say that I'm, it's not that I'm pessimistic because I'm, I'm not, if, no, but it if, does, if it, we had this like cap on innovation, like no more innovation, then I'd be pretty concerned. Right. Yeah. But because I, you know, have that, have that perspective and you have on said, things. You have said throughout, uh, well, most you started this podcast years ago, and I've heard you several times mm-hmm. say that the president alone can't affect no. nearly as much change. Those guys, as- they're just distractions. I mean, if they just got out of the way, if government just like get away, you know, just you know, make sure our street lights work and the airports. Right? Are, that is are, yeah. not even the airports. I mean, that's the thing. It's you like can privatize you, the airports. You can too, privatize right? everything, right? Yeah. And everyone's you know, all government freaks out about that. But you can privatize if they get out of the way, go a lot quicker. The solutions would come about much quicker because all the spending that takes place. I mean, who freaking spends half a trillion dollars more than than they make? They yeah. just have like it's kind of like a blank check to an extent, right? And right now, there's like, somebody out there going, and, me, you know, just do. like try this and try that. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's there's an economist. His name's Richard Duncan. Okay, um, and he's he's in, and he lives abroad. I think he lives in um, does he live in Taiwan or Singapore? Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Anyway, something weird. But he's he's in he's in Asia. Yeah. You know, um, but Richard Duncan and I haven't followed him in the last uh, few months. I'm not sure what he's saying about Trump. Uh, but in the past, he's very big on, you know, if you're going to spend money, screw the infrastructure, yeah. right? Screw these social programs. Okay. You need to invest in technology, right? Invest in, and it's, you know, one of those Solyndra, you know, Solyndra things, oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but, and that's like the negative side of it. But yeah. his, his, you know, to his, uh, you know, to his perspective, it's, you know, we're kind of screwed. Technology is what's going to save us you know, push money into that type of uh, spending as opposed to, you know, more social programs, which uh-huh. just keep keep things uh, stagnant at best. Does that make well, sense? Well, yeah. And, yeah. and you're, you're, I mean, you're, 
there's a lot of logic to what you're saying. It's scary for a lot of people. It's I, I, it's scary for people of a certain age demographic. It's scary for me. I can't even figure out Evernote half the time. So <laughs> so for me, saying that technology is going to save yeah. us, I, it's that's a lot to, to wrap my head around. You I'm know? sure Leib can help you program your your robot maid in a couple of years. You think, <laughs> Leib? Yeah. All right. He doesn't know. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Just just Google it. Go on YouTube. So anyway, um, okay, so you're saying no trade war. You're saying there will be no trade war. Mm, I don't know. In the end, it's kind of like there's all sorts. I mean, I'd never like discount anything. But I would say looking looking at Trump, Trump, it would would not behoove him to, to have a trade war, period. Right. It wouldn't. It would. It would be incredibly disruptive. It would make him look really weak. Hundred percent. And so I. And I think. So I think that looking at Trump, Trump's about winning, right? Mm-hmm. In order to win, and especially you know with the, oh, I don't know why well, you were empi- talking about empire how he, came to how he mind. loves to make the deal. I think he loves to win more than anything. The deal is a means to an end. But at the same time, it's. I don't think it's. It, he won't. It's you know, it's the whole win-win or no deal, right? That's mm-hmm. how I look at it. It's like there has to be a win on the side of the other party. Uh, us not having a deal mm-hmm. is not a, a win. He doesn't win there. In order for someone to deal, they have to get some. They have to get something. They have to be benefited from it. And I think he and he knows that. So my thing is, I'm I'm, I'm hoping that the domino ten feet away, yeah. right, that gets knocked down, yeah. is Mexico wins. You know. Canada wins, China wins. Yeah. He's, he's not a dummy. And he's, you know, if you look at all the deals he's done, now this is totally different because this is, you know, the government compared to his business and, and, you know, his real estate projects is a monstrosity. I mean, it's like, it's, you can't really compare it. There's way, way more moving parts. There's a lot of people that have said, Hey, listen, this is not, this is not a Trump real estate deal. When he gets into the Oval Office and he takes a look at what a nightmare yeah. It, it, the, this this government is he's going to be very very surprised. Yeah, it's an, it's a very complex organism, and but at the end, it is not going to help him at all for us to screw things up with China, screw things up with with Mexico, mm-hmm. because we're all part of like the same problem. Yeah, right? it's not an American problem. This half a trillion dollars of spending, it's that's not. You have all sorts of problems. I mean, the European Union, that's a freaking mess. You have other part, you know, Japan has been in this like, you know, just weird st- economy for, you know, for 20, a long 15, time. 20 years. So it's, yeah. so it's one of those things where there's all sorts of issues and, but America's the biggest and we're the most influential. And that's why, you know, it does have to include the entire world, whatever he's going to, to do. So I don't know. It's going to, it's, uh, you know, I don't even know if we've even, talked about really anything productive in this entire no so, no we it's have more because, just like it's the narrative it's just like talking through it kind of helps me you know understand maybe some things i didn't before right or helps me understand you know when i look at him like there's people that are just so like they get they fly off the handle the instant he sends out a five you well, know word tweet that's and that's why. where it's kind of like my when i hear him speak and it, it's kind of frustrating i mean his voice sometimes is just like those some of the word he just uses yeah. those really you know rhetorical well, words. He makes up a lot of words. Bigly, oh Bigly, Bigly is my favorite one. But yeah. at the same time, I, I I'm not listening to what he's saying. I'm I'm listening to you know really what um you know what his initiative, his intention is, and what he's causing mm-hmm. uh, as part of like this you know this series of dominoes. That well, he that's to, where that he wants that, to go from one to the next. That's where I think the value of this particular episode lies because I do see an awful lot of knee jerk. Anger, knee-jerk confusion, 
uh, about a lot of what he does. So this is, you know, one of the, I think one of the things that, that I want to leave people with as part of this show here today is there was a, uh, uh, a very well-known movie producer and director who I talked to a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I won't name drop his name, but, uh, I asked him for some advice and he said, you know, when you're negotiating contracts, that's 90% of the entertainment business is you getting the right contract before you actually start production on a film or you start performing as an actor, whatever. It, it, you really have to understand contracts and the best contract you could ever hope to get is when both sides walk away mad feeling like they got screwed. <laughs> if both sides leave feeling like they got screwed, you've got a really good business deal. And that's all you can ever, you know, that's when you know, okay, I got a good deal. That's when the best deal is made. Interesting. Would you agree with that? Yeah, there's some merit to that. There's some, that's the first I've ever heard of that, that type of example. It's stuck with me for years. Can I just tell you? Cause there's been a lot of deals that I've left going, well, that kind of sucked, but okay, they're not happy either. So I guess I got a good deal. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. And maybe there's some merit to that in like the private world, but yeah, I think if in the government you know, world, if, yeah. If the government world, maybe, maybe it, it would work, but I would say, you know, with Trump, it's, it's, these are, those are types of deals where they're done behind closed doors, right? Sure. Uh, and there's typically gag orders or whatever. Everything he's doing, it's like public, it's public. Oh, it's terrifying. Right. So it's, so he's having to deal with the actual, the actual deal, but he's actually, he's actually has to look at, what he's conveying as far as a message yeah. and the actual deal itself, right? Yeah. So it's the sentiment of the public and it's this, of both publics, you know, U.S. and whoever and, else and the he's other dealing side, with, yeah. right? right? But it's also, you know, it's it's the uh, it's the deal. Well, what does it work for the government? Is it going to actually help? So it's he it, again. He's he, you know, he asked for it. This is this is a big challenge for him. Yeah, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, there you go. It'll be entertaining. Uh, I wonder if he's going to have all of his hair by the time he I four years so. is over. I, 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 don't, no, think I don't, so. don't think so. I think he's going to shave it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a sight. Oh man, that none of us want to see. Nope. Yeah. Well, all right. Okay. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, let's. Uh, yeah. Maybe we'll talk about something else next besides besides Trump. Well, who knows what he'll do? Seriously. In the next yeah. Time, he's, right. He's, yeah. There's only so many executive orders, but I guess. Yeah, he may not quit surprising us. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, everyone. Well, thanks uh, thanks for listening, and uh, love to hear your feedback. Go check out some of the past ones that we've done. Maybe that'll help form a, a better context as to our opinions be of sure Trump. Be sure to sign up for the newsletter. Be sure yep. to sign up to subscribe on YouTube, and be sure to uh, to tell everybody about the Well Standard Podcast. Boom. Sounds good, Chunga. Thanks, man. All right. Have a good one, everyone. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Wealth Standard Podcast, the gold standard in all things financial. <laughs> 